Well, it's interesting. I really didn't think about using podcasting, but um, in a series of meetings that we've been having uh, about planning the commons, the next phase, I was talking to some people from ITC about the fact that I was preparing for uh, information sciences uh, distance education class. And they mentioned that uh, perhaps I'd consider uh, integrating podcasting in my class. So I decided to try it. And um, they came over and assisted me in that, in implementing the podcast. Well, the, the concept that I, I wanted to uh, implement was getting more voices of experts into the classroom to, for the benefit of the students. The class um, is called Academic Libraries. It's a graduate survey class of all the issues related to academic libraries. And so I wanted to uh, find a way to uh, have the students be able to listen to people in different areas of academic librarianship. Uh, and so I build it as a conversation with, and then there were a series of people that I had a conversation with uh, about their job, how did they uh, decide to uh, do what they're doing. Uh, and the people that I interviewed for this particular um, class, I interviewed our library development director who does fundraising for the library. And that was, of course, in the class period that I talked about fundraising, grantsmanship, and that type of thing. And then I interviewed the head of collection management who is responsible for purchasing all of the materials at the library gets, and she had a lot of interesting topics to cover. And then the last podcast was the uh, head of the MAPS collection, who uh, talked about um, the evolving world of MAPS and geographic information systems. And it was very handy to do the podcasting because these individuals didn't have to come to a location the class is synchronous. It's done on Centra, but there are some Knoxville students that come to the classroom. But uh, the speakers didn't have to do that. We did the podcast in advance. And uh, working with ITC, they were mounted on the, the server that uh, has been developed. And then I gave the students instructions um, via Blackboard as to how to get access. It's sort of almost like a course reserve, only it's the streaming media. Well, the, at first I, I needed to have uh, one of our ITC experts with me every step of the way. I, have, I own an iPod, but I don't know how to download. I always get help <laughs> downloading music and so forth. But uh, So I knew how to use you know, the basic functions of the iPod, turning it on, and so forth. And so once I learned to record on it and where to insert the microphone, then I was able to uh, do the recording myself. But uh, I handed the equipment back, and uh, ITC experts uh, uploaded it for me. So um, I just did the basic recording at this point. It was very easy. and. Uh, it's great, too, because the equipment, uh, of course, is very small. And you can put it in the drawer. You can schedule the podcast uh, at the speaker's convenience. 
And when you're ready, you just take it out and start recording. And you can tell how long the uh, podcast is because of the looking at the equipment. And one thing that I did decide, too, was not to have them too long. Uh, I think one of my podcasts was a little bit longer than it should have been, but I was striving for about 15 minutes, uh, and that seemed to work pretty well. It seemed to work well. I'm not sure I'm the best judge of that because um, it's kind of like um, image quality, too. You don't really know how good it can get, but it was very acceptable, and the students had no problem uh, hearing it. And this was verified to me, too, in uh, some of the assignments I gave where they really had to articulate and discuss what was said on the podcast. So there was kind of a check to ensure they were actually listening and were able to hear the podcasts. And these students, of course, are sitting in uh, various states, Arkansas, Virginia, Georgia, etc. So they're all over the place. And I don't know what kind of equipment they have, what kind of computers. They have different kind of con connectivity also. I think the students like the podcast because it gives them a break from the faculty member always speaking. And it provides them with an opportunity to hear other voices, and in my case, other voices from the profession of research librarianship. Uh, and it's a more dynamic medium than reading an interview, for example, that a person may have given, uh, it, it seems more real to hear people talking. And I think for some students, too, they, are, uh, they like to learn through listening. And they don't often get the chance to do that because um, we're still grounded in you know, reading print and scholarly journal articles, especially, and chapters in books and so forth. So it's, a, it's another medium that now is more easily available for, for us to use so that you can hear different voices talking about the content. I think they remember the content uh, better, too, because they associate it with a, an individual. Podcasts really are just a small part, I think, of this whole um, field of emerging technology where you can uh, put different medium in front of a large number of people. Uh, and so in the library, for example, we are getting a lot of streaming media, um, film, music, um, audio books, and so forth. So, one, so podcasting is another uh, way for us to create uh, throughout the university, very um, useful um, and exciting interviews. Um, there's just no end. We can record um, in a dynamic way some of the wonderful uh, concerts. Uh, we can record uh, performances. Uh, and in the library, too, we're interested in archiving these things so that we can preserve the history of the university, not just in a print form, but uh, so that people can actually hear what was going on. They can see what was going on. Uh, I'm interested in podcasting and how, with the new technology, with the 
iPods, for example, how are we going to actually utilize the devices as well as um, the content? Because in my case, I just used the content. The students didn't necessarily download it. They were listening to it you know, through their computer, I think. But um, how are we going to leverage in a teaching and learning environment the actual devices, too? So in the library, um, and particularly in the commons, working with um, our technology partners, I'm sure we'll be looking at ways of doing that and helping students and faculty uh, make use of this wonderful portable device that they can carry a wide variety of um, content on that would be helpful for their for their research, for their teaching, and, and the whole learning environment. The other use of it is to help us in the library promote our services and collections in innovative ways. And um, on the Commons website, there is a, uh, a start of using podcasting to describe, um, provide information, particularly uh, this summer when we were in a transition phase and doing renovation helped us to talk about what was happening now and what's going to happen in the future. So there's just a wide variety of uses uh, at the university. And I think one of our challenges uh, as we move forward is to figure out in a strategic way, how do we leverage these technologies uh, to um, provide better content for courses, more compelling content, to uh, be able to effectively archive the content, and to reach students through a medium that they're already excited about and then more likely to um, embrace. Well, uh, rich media is great because it fulfills one of, the, one of the major goals that we have, and that is to provide access 24 hours a day. Our students and some of our faculty, too, work around the clock. I mean, they, they like to come and physically work in different locations, but they also work from home, from the dormitory. And now that we are so intensely uh, involved in international intercultural initiatives, too, there's also the opportunity with this rich media to connect with people around the world. And also, when our students are uh, in a remote location or somewhere else, they can connect with content uh, that may emanate from here. But more importantly, it's a whole network of rich media that we want to provide access to. It's not, it, it goes beyond the boundaries of the library. It goes beyond the boundaries of the university. Uh, and in a networked world, we're able to um, bring the world to the students and, and the students to the world and to have that connectivity. Um, the rich media, I think we don't even know the possibilities yet, but uh, the great thing about what's going on at the University of Tennessee is that we're experimenting in different ways to see what, what works best for our students and faculty and how these things connect uh, outwards. Uh, we've got a lot of projects going. Uh, in a collaborative way. Uh, we've got experts from the library, from uh, the information technology arena, from the information science, computer science, uh, and we have a great collaborative spirit here. So I think that we're going to be able to 
do innovative things that perhaps are not going to be done as quickly in other universities.